It is a DR in reverse. Yeah, it's an RD. <laughs> oh my gosh. Curtis. You could restore it Welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All. This is your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. I have with me, as always, my co-host, Prasanna Maliandi. What does a W stand for? Wow. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's William. I am William Curtis Preston, and my parents, for some reason, chose to call me Curtis, or to have me go by Curtis, and so I've never been a Will or a Billy um, Billy Preston is a singer from the 60s. <laughs> so since you travel is, a lot at the airport, have they ever paged you William Preston and you just sat oh, there? Oh, that's all. Yeah, that, that's all. Uh, yes. Yes. That's <laughs> actually happened plenty of times. And usually if I'm, if someone's calling me William Preston, you know, it means I'm, you know, in trouble or something like that. <laughs> but yes, that, that actually happened. Actually, what happens more often is they call me by my last name thinking it's a first name. Preston, right? Preston, Paging yeah, Preston. Preston. You're late yeah, for your flight. Preston. Yeah, that that normally that normally will work. Or they call me Preston Curtis or Preston William. Um, yeah, they it's all over the place. But uh, so I wanted to talk about some you know dr problems, right? Challenges that people have with doing, you know, actually declaring a disaster and then bringing their data, you know, their systems back up in another location. Now, hopefully they figured a lot of stuff out before they actually get to the point where they got to push the big red button. Yeah, that that's a big hope. If they didn't, then it's going to be a big mess. God save the queen. But <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but the thing is, it, it's not like everybody is prepared for disaster. In fact, I would say that most DR plans that I have seen in the wild have been lackluster at best. Well, They've been plans that have been centered around, gee, I hope we never have to do this because it's going to be really bad. Oh, for sure. And I think part of that is because of multiple reasons. The first is, even just figuring out what do I have is so difficult and what are all the pieces of an application that need to come together in order to be able to fail over or to have a DR copy available. For instance, right. I might have a banking app which contains a web server plus storage plus a database. How do I make sure they're all being replicated somewhere else that I have all the pieces I need? I've seen customers who have replicated all of their database except forgot one small component. And when they try to do a DR, oops, sorry, I can't bring it back up because I forgot. I forgot my domain controller yeah. or, or exactly my DNS server or whatever. And things become even more complicated because environments are so dynamic these days. It's not like in the past where I had a database and I'm good to go as long as I replicated everything over in that instance. Now I have all these various components that constitute my application and that are constantly changing. How do I make sure I always have all the pieces? I think the only valid answer to that question is testing. Yes. Periodic testing, making sure everything works 
just so when you that issue does happen and you do have to fail over, you know you're good to go. So let's talk about that. I I, I remember doing DR testing, and I remember that it was a giant pizza, and that we had pita, to do it on a weekend. Not pita, not pita, as in the environment. Uh, the what is it? The environmental group, but P I T A or, or, or as in the thing into which I put yummy food, like falafels and hummus, hummus. Yeah. Yeah. It is an acronym, which is, you know, pain in the area. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that, that, you know, we, we did it on a weekend. And so it meant that we couldn't do it when everybody was available, right? We could, we had to do it on the weekend because maybe something would go wrong and it would impact the production environment. And so we had to do it on the weekend. And then another thing that we did was there were a number of steps. I mean, and when I say number, it was a very big number. It was a double digit number of steps of all of the different things that you need to restore, all of the different tapes that you need to, because the first thing you had to do was you had to restore your backup system because right nobody had like there wasn't the cloud back then you didn't have a standby backup system ready to go the first thing you had to do was restore the backup system and the index for all the backup tapes so that you could do the restore of everything else and it was this huge list of everything that you know all of the steps that you had to do to perform a dr and what the way we did it was we would not have so if I was the one that was in charge of doing the day to day backups and and the one that therefore really knew the system, I was absolutely prevented from being the one who actually did the DR test. I was to document everything and then I was to step back and not say anything as some poor schlub who didn't have knowledge of the backup system attempt to use my documentation oh, to Oh good gosh trying to read your handwriting understand <laughs> okay, it was not what is Curtis handwriting ta- what is Curtis it talking was, about I will say it was documentation done in word perfect um because this is the 90s and so, so I have a question what? for you when yeah. you were doing the spillover test did you actually uh-huh test the entire site going down and everything failing over? Absolutely not. That would have, that would have taken three months, right? We were a, you know, we were a $35 billion bank. And so we tested one system, right? Um, We tested the process of restoring a system. And then there was an assumption and we know what happens when you assume but there was an assumption that if we could restore one system, we could restore all of them. And you and I know how incorrect that assumption is. I hope things have times have changed since then, but I don't Ta- think they well, have. Well, times have changed for some people. Yeah. But I'm I am fully convinced that there are still companies that this is how they do DR testing, which isn't really DR testing. Nope. It, it's recovery testing. And which is still important, re- by the way. Which is which is important. You you need to test recoveries, but it's it's not a full. You're not declaring a full disaster. You're not even. Maybe you're going to recover an entire system, and by system I mean, you know, the the ERP system or the 
accounting system, which may be several servers or VMs and and other applications that have to be up like DNS and, you know, domain controllers and things like that to be up. But you're not you're not recovering all of the mission critical systems, because if you're doing it manually the way I just described, you're going to be there a really long time. <laughs> Job security. But Job the one security, thing, yeah. but I think the one thing, Curtis, to mention is a lot of people think when someone says disaster recovery, it's, oh, I just need to bring the bits back. But to be honest, it is much, much, much more than just bring your data back. Agreed. There are a lot of things, because another thing we never did was we never actually failed over. We never took the production system, turned it off, changed the DNS records and all of the things that you need to do so that we were then running off of the recovered system and then made sure that the recovered system worked within the production environment that was still there. We, we never did that. And again, that's so there were, there were so many reasons why <laughs> what yeah. we did wasn't really a DR. But th- but that's why it's so hard, though. That's why it's so hard to actually do a proper DR test. Right. You've, you've, there's, there are a lot of things, uh, VPN settings, DNS settings. Th- there are all sorts of settings of things so that when a an end user of your apps goes to the thing that they use to access your apps, which in today's world is probably some kind of web browser, and then points their web browser to my company's app.com. It trademarked. To, tra- hashtag, hashtag trademark. It needs to go to the recovered system and not the old system. And if it's not updated, then things break. It, things break, right? And, and, and even though you may have a completely recovered and ready, fully operational system, it's a fully operational battle station. <laughs> That's what. That's what just came to my mind. Oh, boy. That was my attempt to be the emperor. Anyway, I'm afraid we're going to be quite operational when your friends arrive. How did I do? Does that does that sound? Mm-hmm. I think that was the line. Wow. We wasted a lot of time on my attempt at a Star Wars reference. So that's So that's the first thing is just figuring out what all those pieces are and what all the steps need to be in order to to actually declare. And and again, the only way you're going to know if you did all that right is to do that on a regular basis and to completely do it and to completely fail over at least an entire application or a set of applications, maybe not your entire data center. But I think you should do the entire data center. But yeah. So here's a question. So as you guys were doing, and how often would you do this testing? Once every six, six months. And now every time would you write a set of instructions? Well, we had a we had a, a set of instructions that were updated on a regular basis for DR. Gotcha. Now and wouldn't then, it, and then go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna ask, like, wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to write that out every single time that someone didn't have to go try your steps out manually every single time? Oh yeah. And by the way, I just thought it one thing I I think I missed mentioned this on another one of our podcasts, but we deemed a success as we got from step one to step 50 without having to turn around and ask Curtis, what does this step mean? (laughs) Or this step doesn't make sense. Or we did this step and the thing that you said was supposed to happen didn't happen. Now what? Right. 
that was considered as, and, and of course, at the end of step 50, whatever, whatever the desired result, like the app was on, was obviously supposed to be done. That was considered a success. How many times do you suppose we had a success in the three years that I was there? So you said you did it every six months. I would probably six say months. once. Yeah, no. Zero. Zero? Yeah. Yeah. As well, defined by a- that. That was, a, that was a high bar, right? Well, and I'm also trying to think, did you actually go through and try out the steps or was it kind of, okay, I think that this should be the step that I want them to do as you're writing this document? No, I I was, I have to say, I was pretty good at documentation, right? And then that's why I ended up, you know, being a writer and a speaker. But I think my documentation was pretty good. But the, the problem is it's you know, sometimes words that you use make sense when you put them down. They made sense they make, in my head. They made total sense to you because you know the backup system, but da, the problem blah, is, blah, da, da. yeah, it, it's total nonsense to anyone else uh, if they're not living and breathing and, you know, et cetera, right? So, all right, so that's one issue. The, the next issue is how do we get the data to the recovered place? or to the recovery place. The the old way, of course, was a truck and some tapes. Sweet. Ship off some tapes, do a massive restore on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in our case, you know, down the road, but sure. Um, <laughs> we, we just did, you know, 20 minutes away in the recovery. That's actually not too bad. It's not in the same building, at least. Right, right. Um it does matter, by the way. You 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 do need some physical separation, and and sadly, the the best example that I have of that is nine eleven. So there were companies who had the concept of a hot site, right? So you have a a, a completely replicated, ready to go by, ready 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 to go data center, replicated all the time. This is like the you know the 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 creme de la creme of DR. They had that but they had it in the other tower. Yep. And I actually knew customer. Oh, sorry. Go did ahead. you? No, go ahead. I was going to say, I actually knew customers who um, didn't replicate from one tower to another, but actually replicated from like New York city over the river to New Jersey. And they were okay, even though they had data in the towers. Right. There were, I remember there was, um, I think it was Harcourt. The profession, the publishing company. I think Harcourt was one of those that they had replicated over to their location in New Jersey, and so they they failed over as soon as the first plane hit. And so, not only did they not suffer data loss, they barely suffered any downtime because they failed over before the you know the towers fell. Right. So it's. Yeah. So, so, so the difficulty, you know, now we use things like deduplication and replication, but that doesn't work for everything. doesn't work for every data set. And now we can use the cloud as the other place. So not only instead of replicating to New Jersey, you can replicate even to another Amazon region, for example. So you could have your data and not just your data, but your your VMs, right? The the images of your servers essentially ready to go in another Amazon region. So and and I think one of the big benefits there is I don't need to pay for that cost of infrastructure until I actually need it. Unlike a traditional DR site where I do have that just in case 
hardware available. Right. So all I have to pay for is the cost of storing a copy of my data in Amazon. So and for bringing up compute whenever I need to well, do but, testing, et cetera. Yeah, ex- exactly. To 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 bring up uh, for testing or to actually declare a disaster. But your but your all the time costs are the cost of however you're storing your data in Amazon, and which should be a game changer. I don't understand why more people aren't looking at the cloud for DR. I know this comes as a great surprise to Persona, but not everybody uses our product <laughs> no, no I, and not, and not saying... every product has the ability to do what we just described that's true right they, they a lot of them have cloud tiering and they can put older copies of data in the cloud and some of our competitors absolutely do have you know automated dr the way we described where you can bring your data up in a vpc and i think just people are coming along i, I think that they're you know, not everybody realizes how seamless this can be if you have a, a product that that supports it. I, that that's got to be it, right? Because the cost is is orders of magnitude less than the cost of doing things in the old days, and it's significantly easier when you when you talk about that um, the process that I talked about back in the old days, where we had this literally a a word perfect document <laughs> that that <laughs> the ITP people had to follow. Nowadays, a solid automated DRAS, DRAS is a way disaster recovery as a service, a solid DRAS system, you should be able to basically define your runbook, which is the word we use for all of those steps. Uh, you should be able to define your runbook essentially as code, right? Infrastructure as code. You, you should be able to define all of the steps that need to happen. And then all of those steps should automatically happen for you when you declare a disaster or when you test a disaster. I think that second point is also very key, is I need to be able to make sure that when a disaster happens, that yes, everything works as expected, but also to be able to periodically verify, like you said, how do I know that my application will really come up or did I forget anything unless I periodically test it? Yeah. And so that's, uh, but I, I guess the, the point I wanted to make was that it's both significantly less expensive and significantly easier than the way things used to be. And so if you haven't looked at that functionality with your current backup product, or if your backup product doesn't have it, we'd be happy to talk to you at Druva. If you haven't at least examined how that would work and the costs associated with it, I, I just would implore you to look at that because it's it's leaps and bounds above what we did even five years ago. And I think, you know, earlier you mentioned, I can't believe that everybody's not doing this yet. And and I agree. Like, why isn't everybody doing cloud DR, right? Why, you know, I, I don't, uh, uh, except for the customers who have unlimited budget <clears throat> and, the, the, you know, the, they're doing DR to an alternate site that they control. That, that's fine. I, I don't have anything against that. Uh, it's just more expensive, but not everybody's thrilled with using the cloud and that's fine. But if you don't have a DR situation, if you don't have a, a full DR system and plan, 
then or if all you have is a plan and no system <laughs> which is the way which is the way i think a lot of people have right uh then then at least talk to your backup vendor and see if they've got something like what we're describing <clears throat> and then uh the point you were making was that it it part of that not just hey can you do dr in the cloud can you do regular testing and when you do that testing how much does that cost Right. I, I know with our product, we just worked it into the price of the product and, and doing you can do as many DR tests as you want. And our cost doesn't change. Obviously, when you declare a disaster, you're going to incur some compute costs and things in your VPC in uh, Amazon. But, that you know, that's not something that we control. Right. But, yep. but on our side, you you don't pay extra. So talk to them, you know, how often can I do tests? Can I automate the test? Can I automate a run book from beginning to end and, um, and then, and then test it. And then can I, can I just frankly, just automate that whole thing? Just boom, do a test, you know, do a full test. And maybe you can add steps to actually automatically verify that parts of your system have been restored. Yep. And so you don't have Curtis typing out a hundred steps in a word perfect document, hoping that your success criteria is reaching step 59. But I, when I was using word perfect for the record, I was typing on a 3270 terminal. I was using, you know, up and down arrow and F3 and F5 and stuff. We weren't using mice and, uh, all of I that remember stuff. those days, Curtis. I'm not that young. I'm just not everybody listening to this podcast is old enough to. Uh, would you like to say hi? Hang on. Somebody wants to say hi. Just say hi. Hi. Uh, the, the, hi there. Yeah, this is Lillian, referred to as Lily. And what happened to you today? Me? Yeah, what was, your, what was today? Today was a big day for you. What was it? First grade. Is this your first? Your oh first my day god! In first your grade? first grade. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is crazy. Well, so uh, Papa, how was your first day? Good. Yeah, it was good. Every, everything go? Everything go okay? Yeah. You like your new teacher? Yeah. Hi, everybody. All right. Well, now, now so I got to get back. I got to get back to my podcast. Okay. But thanks for stopping by. I made a new friend. You made you made a new friend, and her name is Olivia. Yeah. That's the same name as your other friend. So you just love it. You have like H.A. Olivia's. That's great. You have two Olivia's. They're like hot standbys of each other. I was going to say, are you going to start teaching her about backup and being like, you might want to periodically test the recovery of Olivia. So she, <laughs> all right. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks for stopping by. Love you too, baby. So that was that was a surprise. So that's going in. So cute. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's pretty funny. She said, so her best friend, like her BFF is Olivia and it's her first day in first grade. She's made a new friend and her name is Olivia. So she has, she has a, a DR copy. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be interesting. All right. We've talked about making sure you get all your pieces. We talked about making sure you get your data there. We talked about making sure that you have automated testing. We need to talk about one other topic that many times when people talk about DR, they don't talk about. Everyone talks about failing over. No one talks about failing back. Come on, Curtis, who wants to fail back? Yeah. But you're right, though. No one ever wants to worry about that. It's always about how do you deal with the situation when it happens, but it's how do I recover after I've encountered a situation that leads me to fail over? And we're 
you know, as an industry, right, the backup and data protection industry, we're really good at like making a backup and then doing a recovery, but going backward, like we're really good at going that way, you know, as I, <laughs> as I point towards the invisible cloud. Coming backwards, it's none of the pieces work in the same way. So like, for example, we recover to, in our case, we recover to Amazon EC2 instances. Well, now we need a way to back up, you know, to get the new version of those instances. Let's say we've been, we failed over and we failed over because our data center flooded. And now it's two weeks later and our data center is finally restored, but we have all new hardware because, you know, we, well, we were completely flooded by the Sharknado. And we, now we need to do essentially a backup of that data up in the cloud. And, and, and before I talk about failover, that, that is something else we need to, that you need to look into is when I do a failover, how are the new VMs protected? Because if I fail over and I fail over for a while, how the, please tell me that those VMs are being protected in a similar way so that I don't then get a disaster after a disaster and then all of a sudden I lose everything, yep. right? And just because your data is running in the cloud does not mean you don't need to back it up. Correct. In fact, I would argue it's, you know, it, you know, just as much, if not more, because your data is not even, you don't, you don't see your data, right? So it, it, it's just as much, if not more of a reason to back it up in the cloud. And, and Curtis, just going back to sort of the failback aspects, mm -hmm. I think for some customers, once they're up and running in the cloud, maybe they're okay leaving it in the cloud. They have it running in the cloud. Right. They understand their costs. It's being protected. Maybe they're okay with it. But like you mentioned, there are certain customers who decide, yes, I need to be able to go back to my original place because this is just my DR site. Right. This is standby. This is the just-in-case, but I'm not willing to give up my on-premises data center yet. And I know that and so we're, I, uh, yeah, that's a good point that you mentioned that because I know we're able to do both those things, right? So because we have native uh, AWS functionality, if a customer says, hey, you know, I, I, I thought running in the cloud wasn't going to work for me, but we've been running in the cloud for two weeks and, you know, the, the sky didn't fall. And so I, I think we'd like to stay. We have the ability to then put them wherever they would like to be, take that EC2 instance and move it into another region or whatever, and do that in a, in a, in a, in, you know, in as seamless fashion as possible. But then also, if they want to fail back to their data center or to wherever it was they were before, right? So, because we, we do DR of, of EC2, we do DR of uh, VMware Cloud on AWS, we do DR of, you know, VMware on site. Uh, I know we're looking at doing DR of other things, but we do all DR of all the things and we can fail you back to wherever it was that you were running before, if that's what you want to do. Exactly. And the key there is we need to make it easy, just as it was to fail over, as it is to fail right. back. You don't want to have to go through your 50 step because in essence, it is a DR in reverse. Yeah, it's an RD. <laughs> oh my gosh. Curtis. Ah. Anyway, so agreed. It's just as complicated in reverse as it is going forward. And so we need to make that simple going back as well. The other thing is many of the ways that 
some other companies do this, it requires a significant amount of downtime. Anybody can do failback if you have downtime. All you have to do is, you know, stop everything, back up, you know, get the most recent version of the VM and then do a complete restore of that VM to the other place, back to the original place. Anybody can do that. But it, 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 the challenge is doing that with minimal downtime, and uh, that's and 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 doing it very simply, and you know, just like you said, with the same sort of one button failover that you had on the way out. So, what do we learn today? So, I think the key things are understand what your application is, and make sure you plan for how do you want to do your right. failover. Make sure you have a mechanism to actually get your data to the cloud or to whatever location you want mm-hmm. to do your failover to. Make sure you have a way to automate. You don't want to be thinking last minute, going through some run books manually, trying to test out your DR process in the middle of a failover. So make sure you have an automated, clear, precise way to do your failovers. And by the way, you really should be looking at the cloud if you're looking to failover just from a cost simplicity perspective. It is, it is the, I think it is the ultimate use case for the cloud. If, if you can't make the cloud work for DR, then the cloud's just probably not for you. <laughs> it's just probably not for you. <laughs> yes. And then finally, make sure you also consider if you do have requirements to fail back, make sure that whatever vendor or whatever process you're going through has a simple, seamless way to fail back your data. You don't want to go through the same steps as you used to for doing failover all the manual tedious work when you're doing your failback. So look for something that's automated that simple, especially if that's a requirement for you. Absolutely. All right. And with that, we're going to stop talking about disaster. I hope you guys enjoyed the special guest star that we had on this podcast. I know I did. And check out our other podcasts or podcast episodes and make sure to subscribe so that you can make sure that you can restore it all. isn't worth a spade finally i needed your backup you had a chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i'll write on facebook about you don't underestimate the things that i will do there was a file but i deleted it too bad your backup system isn't worth a spade
it'll be completely done. Maybe.